0: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another fine episode of American Sex. This is a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward ass ideals that we have here in the United States. And this is episode 139 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron. My lovely co-host is Ken Melvoinberg. But guess what? You've got just me this week. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates and kinky perverts too. So If you're new here, if this is your first time listening to American Sex Podcast, and you found this particular episode by searching for CBT, I'm going to stop you right now to be sure that you know that we won't be having a conversation about cognitive behavioral therapy, nor will this be a primer on computer-based training. And for you culinary enthusiasts, we will not be spending the next hour teaching you about your sourdough starter so you can make bread for a gourmet chicken, bacon, and tomato sandwich. No, 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 no. On this show, CBT only stands for cock and ball torture. So Luna Matatas is our guest, and she's a CBT pro. If you don't know Luna, This is her third appearance on American Sex Podcast. She is a sexuality educator with over 10 years experience teaching sexual health and pleasure workshops. She celebrates body confidence, self-adoration, and building shame-free pleasure in our lives. Luna is also a self-identified craft slut. She created Peg the Patriarchy as part of her line of sex-positive merchandise. So I'm telling you, this really may be one of my all-time favorite conversations that I have had in my three years hosting American Sex. And whether you're a CBT enthusiast or apprehensively curious, you're going to get so much out of this conversation. So we start with misconceptions about CBT and the various reasons that people, both tops and bottoms, love it. Luna gives us so many good tips for perverting the preciousness of the penis and balls. I couldn't think of a word that started with P that meant balls, but I really, really wanted to keep the alliteration going. So we go from gentle sensation play all the way to the other end of the spectrum, like castration play. Yeah, we go there. We learn about cock bondage, things you can use around your house as testicle torment tools. Yes, more alliteration. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of that one. And We also talk about the fancy contraptions that pros use. We also get into companion and related fetishes like humiliation, sissification, chastity, ball busting, electroplay, urethral sounding, and a whole lot more. Of course, we cover safety, care, and risks. Seriously, I love talking to Luna. And in this conversation, I really had a ball because I'm not just about alliteration. I'm about the puns, too. But before we dive into that conversation, you know, there's something else we need to do. First, our ball washing, which is what we so lovingly call our housekeeping here on American Sex Podcast. And, Coincidentally, themed for the episode, too. So, first, don't forget to join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time, which is 11 p.m. Eastern, for our free sex ed live stream on the Get Vocal platform. Those live discussions happen every single week at bit.ly, B I T slash, sunny get vocal, spelled S U N N Y G E T V O K L. And by the way, don't stress if you don't catch these links, every single link that we mention in this episode will be in the show notes for episode 139 at AmericanSexPodcast.com. So the ones in that live streams, a little bit different content than you get here, well actually completely different content than you get here on the recorded version. So it's kind of like you're getting two episodes of American Sex Podcast every week, and that one's live. You never know what's going to happen. Last Wednesday I almost lost an eye. You can watch it in the archive. So who knows what's going to happen this week. I got more free stuff for you too. Our sex positive Discord community. It's at bit.ly/discordasp. There, we have a private forum where we talk about sexuality, kink, mental health and lots of off-topic stuff too. It's a really friendly and active community and we'd love for you to come on over and join us. All right, American fuckers, you know what time it is now, don't you? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Our American Sex Podcast Patreon family has grown so much since our last episode. I am blown away. Also, maybe slightly kind of a dick pun. Anyway, Big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Dylan, Ariel, Amanda, Stephen, Kink Academy, William, Luca, Anne, George, Jessica, Mia, Princess Callie, Alexandria, Candace, Polly, and Jason for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon members. I almost didn't have enough breath in my lungs to say all those names. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And American Fucker listening right there, if you want to be like one of those cool cats. Now, I'm not going to go to the cool cats and kittens. No, not going to do it. Uh, You can become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member too at patreon.com slash American Sex. And of course, you get stuff too, like bonus stories from our guests. There's one up there right now from Luna. You got to hear it. You can get extra full-length episodes, all of our regular episodes early, American Sex Podcast stickers sent you in the mail, a shout-out on the podcast, random other surprises, patron-only video hangouts, and more. Ken and I believe that the conversations we have here are super important. They improve relationships. They change lives. They help build community and so many other magical things. So we make it a point to give this critical content away absolutely free. And not just the podcast, not just the live show, everywhere free, free, free. And even though that feels great to give it away free, that does not pay the rent. (laughs) So please help keep our content accessible to everyone by supporting us if you can. Again, that address is patreon.com slash American Sex. One last thing before we slap around those cock and balls. Ken's got a new side gig and it is something that he absolutely loves. Hobby has become a job. Teaching people how to play tabletop role-playing games online like Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, those sorts of things. Yeah, we're all sheltering in place. You can adopt all of those and use special tools so you can play them with your friends right online. It's pretty cool. You can watch Ken stream these games on Twitch for free a few nights a week. I'm going to say he does it four, four days a week. I play a game on Tuesday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific with friends of the podcast, Dirty Lola, Kevin Patterson from Polly Role Models, and longtime fan of the show, Nisha. That's every Tuesday night on Twitch. Come watch. Cheer us on. You can do that at twitch.tv slash rpg for role-playing game, RPG. Ken's also available for professional game master services, too. So you can contact him for that. His Twitter handle is ThunderPantsDM, and I'll have that in the show notes, and you can go ahead and contact him there. All right, American fuckers, now that the balls are clean, we're going to get them dirty. And I don't mean with dirt. I mean with crushing them and tugging them and teasing them and smacking them and maybe tying them up and maybe electricity, all sorts of things. You're going to learn it all right now with Luna Matadas. so fucking excited on the line back again i want to say for the third time we've got luna matadas hi hi oh my god i i have been wanting to do a podcast about this subject for the last three years like since the existence of this podcast oh my goodness um cbt cock and ball torture or torment depending on what platform you're on and what they allow you to say um how much do you love it so (laughs) you know i really like donuts and then
1: second to donuts is cbt
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so um it's funny because whenever i mention cbt to people i actually did i used to do snap chat, uh, like back when Snapchat was a thing, um, Snapchat, like stories or whatever, where I, and I did one on CBT and I stitched it all together and put it up on YouTube and it's still up there. And I get some comments sometimes and either people are like, yeah, CBT, this is awesome. You know, here I have a, like a really intricate technical question about the weight of ball stretchers or something. And then other people, it's like, you're like, oh, CBT, uh, fuck no. So, right now, we're, like, a little over a minute into this podcast. Your job right now is to sell us, sell the American fuckers on why they need to listen to this podcast, especially those people who are listening with penises, instead of turning it off and going, like, curling in the fetal position in the corner and being like, this is not for me. Why is this for them?
1: Why? <laughs> love that because I think I, I get the same thing. I, I get folks who think it's it's very extreme and they picture um, extreme pain as unwanted pain. And and so I think anytime we're dealing with any kind of sadomasochism, so the giving and receiving of, of pain and pleasure that people have consented to, it's, it's really about an experience of sensation. And so that sensation can be emotional, it can be physical, it can be a blended experience of that. And the one big misconception around CBT that that I'd love to bust is that that it has to be extreme. CBT can also be the threat of, of hurting someone. So we can involve mm. fantasies of, you know, threatening to, to hurt someone's penis or balls. Um, and it can also be light to hard. And so this could be maybe squeezing a penis or balls really hard all the way to up of some of the more extreme versions of CBT that we see in porn. So if right. you're at all curious about sensation, then stay and listen.
0: Oh, cool. And and I think most of us are. We like sensation. Like this is, you know, things that we do all the time. So let's start with sensation. Let's, I guess, like have the training wheels on our balls. And then once we we get, then we'll take off the training wheels and then, you know, and then we'll string them up and turn them purple. <laughs> but, you know, it's a slow progression. So... <laughs> yeah (laughs) so all right let's say i am somebody with balls and don't worry listeners the american fuckers who have vulvas out there i know that you have mixed feelings about cbd half of you is like um i want to do this but the other half is like i am afraid i don't want to really like seriously hurt you so we will get to like givers in a minute but those who have penises what are some of the milder sensation things that we can do to start playing with the idea of cock and ball torture or torment? What do you call it? Do you call it torture or torment?
1: I like torture, but I know torment has has been out there as part of just like not being able to use the word torture, but for me the fantasy is is about the torture. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I am with you. I I am team torture. Hashtag team torture. That's the hashtag for this episode. We've established it now. Okay, so how do we start playing with the balls and the cock? Yeah, so I think one of the, the big
1: things around getting started with even understanding what's available to you if you're interested in CBT fantasies is that you've got mind tools and then you've got body tools. So you've got things like tease, denial, threat, helplessness, illusion, all these kinds of things that, that you can use to kind of explore what does it feel? Theme- to or what does it what does the fear feel like around perverting the preciousness of balls and cocks right and so we've got this whole you know societal kind of thing around that they're so precious and that they're they're easily hurt and it's like the worst pain that you could ever experience but the reality is is that even if you don't have a penis or testicles there are similar forms of pain that that folks experience and so when we're we're thinking about pain that is consensual and we're not talking about injury we're talking about hurting someone to provoke these kinds of natural morphine that our bodies produce in response to intense sensations, you can think about things as simple as squeezing. So you might want to squeeze someone's balls, you might want to squeeze really tightly on their penis, you might want to play with constriction, you might want to play with gentle force. So that might look like slapping or tapping or um, holding an an erect penis back and then letting it slap against their body. And so we're, we're kind of just like changing up the way... Ways that that we can play with movement, with our hands, with what's on our body. You don't even need any, you know, torment tools to to start with. Um, temperature, kind of playing with like hot and cold, that can also be
0: a form of CBT as well. Ooh, I like that. Okay, so you said that people that don't have penises can experience similar forms of pain. And I know before, when I was like, I'm really curious about CBT, but I'm also terrified because I don't have that piece of anatomy. So I don't know, you know, what, I have no gauge for what feels good and what crosses the line into like, oh my God, never do that. So what are some experiences people with vulvas can equate to what it might feel like when we're playing or torturing cock and balls? Ooh, I love that
1: question because the the head of the penis can be very similar to the clitoris. And so thinking about you know the the nerve endings that are exposed and available to the clitoral glands and the part of the clitoris that we can actually see, that's very similar to the head of of the penis. And so the sensations and the the warming up of that area. And so the things that you can do to an unerect clitoris or an unerect penis are going to be different than what you can do to an erect penis that's engorged with blood or an erect clitoris that's engorged with blood. For Mm -hmm. balls, the balls are actually have these deep nerve endings that connect up to the deep nerve endings that are sort of intestinal. And so for for people with vulvas, the feeling of um, that pressure or being bumped against the cervix is very similar to the pain that might be experienced by someone um, having their balls either constricted or with blunt force.
0: Ooh, okay. I'm like, I'm thinking of like times I got like in the vulva, yeah. like, ow, ooh, yeah, like you've okay. been punched in the
1: gut, kind of like that kind of deep feeling. But if it comes at you slower, for some people, they love their cervix stimulated or pushed or or pushed ag- or pressed against.
0: Huh? Now I'm like, I just want to like be like, hold on, I'll be right back and go play with my cervix. I know, quick. hands I on the for? desk, honey. You're like- <laughs> right? Exactly. Where's my speculum? Okay, so. So it's interesting because I know like um, when it comes to the scrotal sac itself, you know, one of the things that I've often told people is the skin of the scrotal sac and the inner labia are very similar. And like when like pinching with flat fingers, like if you were to pinch with flat fingers on your inner labia or the same thing like your your earlobe. Yes, You know, it's like you can put, as long as you're not like piercing it or have something super sharp, like you can put a ton of pressure on that. Or even like yanking it feels good. And yes. so I want to go yank my labia and like kick myself in the <laughs> at the same time. Anyway, <laughs> I'll put that on my list of things to do. <laughs> this is the point in quarantine where I am. <laughs> I'm writing them down <laughs> for you. <laughs> okay, okay. Um. So... Uh, you you know, you talked about temperature, you talked about like flopping the dick. What about the balls? Because that is something, especially for people who don't have balls, that are really scary. You know, you hear if you squeeze that area or pull or tug or whatever that area the right way, it can feel really good. But like if you mess with the actual testicles in the wrong way, you know, they say you can pop them like grapes, like be careful. So, how do we, which people probably don't want, how, or have you heard, like, I remember there's always these stories. My kids came home from school, like, oh, I heard one friend from, you know, uh, science class went horseback riding and popped a testicle, and they haven't (laughs) been in school all week and they're in the hospital. They're going to lose their ball. Like, do you remember those stories, like, when you're in high school? Is that just me?
1: No, I remember them, and I'm giggling like a true sadist. (laughs) <laughs> he popped a ball. Which one? Like, the lefty or yeah, the right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> So can we really pop them like grapes? Like what's the deal? <laughs> How do
1: we handle these things? So so that that's a real concern. Um but there there are like major risks with CBT and then there're minor risks. So that's a major one and and that's actually not as likely to happen as some of the minor risks like bruising or skin abrasions or things like that. Um the uh, I mean there isn't a lot of science studying CBT. <laughs> obviously, I don't think it's a priority for the scientific community. Um but what I've read is that for for testicles to rupture, you actually need Need like quite a lot of pressure. And so I the estimates that I've read are things around like 120 pounds per square inch to actually mm-hmm. rupture. And so, I mean, we're we're more concerned about things like if you're playing with balls, um, torquing is a is a big problem. And so we don't want to um if we're twisting balls or we're tugging on them, we want to make sure that the testes don't twist inside of the scrotum and kind of tangle up all of the plumbing. So one way to avoid that is making sure if you are twisting or you're pulling you're only twisting in one direction and then twisting back around and not the not a full circle
0: uh yeah like this some of the scariest words and i don't even have balls when i learned about testicular torsion i was like oh oh that sounds painful yes yes Yes, yeah. and
1: and yeah, and that's something that you can't really just ice and go on with your, your Tuesday. So <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's sort of a more of a major risk. There's also a risk of things like penile fractures um, where the erectile tissue actually ruptures and kind of snaps. So that's from like bending or uh, blunt force. Often when people are using makeshift CBT equipment, sometimes that can happen because they're not built with uh, balance and tension control in mind. So it's really important to invest in like proper equipment if you're going to do things like hang stuff from your balls, you know, and and don't tether your balls to anything. So there's a bunch of different things to consider depending on the type of play you might be interested in.
0: Mm, Okay. So a lot of folks, when they're first experimenting, they do turn to things that they have around their house. You know, one of the things I think that I've heard the most is, Taking a shoelace or a piece of, you know, small piece of rope or something and doing, uh, you know, bondage, cock and ball bondage so what are some of the things that we can use around the house that are safe and how can we use them in ways where we are most likely to remain safe
1: yeah yeah so for example with with sensation stuff if you were to take things that have different textures that, but that don't have the risk of puncturing anything so a hairbrush for example you've got the flat back of it or you've got the bristles of it so you can explore with well what does this feel like on the testicles what does this feel like on the raffe on the seam of the testicles what does it feel like on the head, what parts of my penis are you know more sensitive, which parts are like more of a, a, a rough kind of feel, what parts like a smoother feel. So you also get more information about how to direct your partner if you decide to take this to partnered play and, and let them know what you actually want to experience. Um, yeah. If you are playing with rope, you want to use rope that is thinner. So most rope that we're using for bondage of bigger parts of the body are like a quarter inch. We're looking for like an eighth of an inch. And you want to also not tie any knots that, that you cannot undo quickly. So yeah. do a little bit of research or just tie a shoelace knot, like a little bow. You know, don't really worry about locking anything down. Um, you can also experiment with things that that are, are not so um, small, but might give you constriction in a different way. And so I had a, a partner once that would really love to put on underwear that was too small. And so it was just uncomfortable. And he would wear it underneath regular underwear to have that kind of constriction, to feel as if he was in some sort of like chastity belt. And so, yeah. so really it's kind of like getting, tuning, entering it from your erotic imagination, but then landing in a sensation that might lead you to deeper sensation. I, I think you're right in that we want to start with things at home, but we're going to go for the, you know, the clothespins and like the, <laughs> the, um, um, like, um, the, what are they called? The little bull clips, those kinds oh, of things. Like the
0: binder clip kind of the plastic, yeah, uh, clothespins yeah. whatever they're called. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and those things are are fine to experiment with, but um like for example with clothespins, we want to make sure that we're using kind of chunkier clothespins because the smaller ones um I've definitely gotten, you know, scrotum skin stuck in the little hinge of a- <laughs> yeah, I know and then try and untangle that like so you want to use things that are kind of chunky so picture as if you know this was a, a a kindergarten class like that's the kind of tools like plastic chunky you know not very sharp we want to reduce and minimize we want duller objects so, to, so but, that we're not doing kind of abrasions
0: but <laughs> if you're a hardcore like sad- sadomasochistic couple yeah when you get that little piece of skin stuck in there and ripped off that's when you bring out the Tabasco sauce <laughs> <laughs> do not try this at home. But if you do, tell me how it went. yeah tell Anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's talk about restriction. Because when you were saying the, you know, wearing the underwear underneath and wearing it out. I love that kind of stuff. Like I have a sub that I'm like, yeah, you gotta wear the panties to work. Mm. And it's a very like, you know, I'm the boss at work and I'm the man, man. And yeah. really you're wearing pink frilly panties underneath your thing. And then I'm like, go in the bathroom and take a picture at work. Or yes. Take a picture, you know, close your door in your office and, you know, take a picture. It's, oh, it's risky, you know. <laughs> um, So that kind of constriction, though, it's like, you know, one, we're talking, you know, people could, let's say, tie their balls, and go, go out, you know, while their balls are tied. But what is too tight? Like what is too much restriction? What should we be looking for? To give us the signal, like oh, that needs to come off now. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think if you're doing any kind of, of constriction, you want to make sure you're you want to make sure that you're starting slower. So start with you know not so tight and get used to the feeling of it, and then increase it a little bit. Um, if you are constricting around the base of the penis, or if you're just constricting around the balls themselves, the base of the penis, you you might have a little bit more um, you know kind of expansion room because you're you're probably not getting hard during the day with with this on or maybe are and maybe that's part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But around the testicles is where we want to be a little bit more concerned. And so uh, there are some things around if you're trying to conceive, you know, then it's probably not best to do constriction around your testicles during that time, just because you might induce a temporary lowered sperm count, because you're changing uh-huh. the temperature of the balls. But I mean, otherwise, that's that's just temporary. Um, so if you are wearing it throughout the day, you want to make sure that your are the temperature temperature of your skin actually hasn't gone completely cold. So you still you don't want to constrict complete blood flow. We're just kind of adding a little bit of constriction to enhance the sensation of that area. Um, Another thing to look for is if your penis is really changing color. And so if it's changing into a a bluish or a more purplish color, that's not something that you want to maintain for a long period of time. Uh, Similar to with cock rings. I mean, we're not we're not encouraging cock rings to be worn with an erection for more than like, 20 or 30 minutes. So you might want to just check in every hour with your genitals. I mean, what a fun task, you know, just check in with your junk every once in a while.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. So before we get on to more, I don't know, extreme advanced or whatever types of devices and play, I want to backtrack a little bit to like, let's really dive into like, what people get out of this. Mm. So there's this relationship between pain and pleasure. And really, this conversation can apply to to anyone, any part of the body when it comes to pain and pleasure. People have different, I don't know, they enjoy different combinations of pain and pleasure together, I guess. You know, there are some people that say the pain gives the pleasure. Or they like to experience pain with some elements of pleasure at the same time and they enhance each other. And then there are other folks that'll say, like, I'm this person where if I'm being, you know, spanked or something's happening to me. The, the last thing I want is then someone playing with my clit while they're hurt. Like, to me, pain and pleasure don't go together. Mm. And when they do, I'm like, no, no, that's nope mm-mm, no. It's like, you know, putting ice cream in my spaghetti. Like, they're both good, <laughs> but not together. So... When it comes to CBT, really, what do people get out of it? And I know, like you said, there's no study, so you can't put percentages. But if you were going to say the majority of people actually get pleasure from the pain, or the majority, what would you say? Like what are those like i guess what's the pie chart of experiences yeah i love
1: i love how you describe it because i think there's there's a physical high from the sensations and then our body producing things like adrenaline and endorphins and dopamine um but then and getting into this sort of euphoric state of pleasure which may not have the same signs of arousal as you know eating the ice cream versus eating the spaghetti um and then other people get this emotional high from being controlled from being helpless from being vulnerable from being owned um, from being, you know, in a in a state of pure submission to whatever whim their sadistic dom wants to do. And and then other people kind of just like it as a form of rough play. And so they might be having other types of sex, and they just like their dick slapped, or they like their balls tugged a little bit. So CBT can be for, for a, a dynamic, a power dynamic, or it can be just part of kind of spicing up what you already do. And I think that there's, um, you know, for myself, I got, into CBT, I was at a sex party uh, or a dominant party and uh, someone was like, hey, I'm into CBT and I said, okay. and (laughs) I didn't know what it was. I had no idea and uh, he said, well, I'll guide you and I said, "All right." And so I I tapped his balls a little bit and he said, I like my balls slapped and so I hit them very gently and he's like, oh, you can go harder. I hit them a little bit harder and he encouraged me to go even harder and so I took it from like a 2 to a 14 and and then he screamed. But then I I screamed and I was like, I can't do this, and and it was really <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't getting off on that, that, that kind of reaction. I was like, I didn't actually want to hurt this person, and this person thought it was great. They loved yelping and whimpering, and and so I hadn't had those conversations beforehand, so I didn't know what they were going to look like, what their pleasure would look like in this specific context. Whereas normally uh-huh. yelping and whimpering would tell me, oh my god, like stop, like don't don't do this to this person.
0: Right, right. And do you find that uh, CBT activities tend to pair up with certain complementary kinks, like whether it's Bondage or sissification or maybe humiliation is like they're one that you see more often than others that, that is a nice like wine and cheese pairing. <laughs> I always bring everything back to food. I
1: love that. I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you named
1: them. I think um, sissification, small penis humiliation, uh, submission, if you're a pain slut, if you are someone that uh, enjoys kind of watching your partner being cruel. So you might not even be into the sensations, but you love the idea of taking it from someone, um, and then I think there's people who I mean that that first sub that I I did CBT with, he actually found that it was uh, an adoration of his masculinity, and so that like how much could he take? And he felt so much more masculine being able to you know expose himself and receive these kinds of sensations from. Uh, a partner, and yeah. I'm definitely a sensual sadist, like I want to hurt you so that I can kiss it better, and so I get off on this sensual type of, of CBT, where you get to be sort of prey, and I get to be predator, and um, it's a very, I get to play with these masculine and feminine types of primal energies, And but I think a lot of people have adopted fantasies that we see most popularly in porn, and so porn yeah. is a lot about extreme humiliation, extreme degradation, kicking, punching. And just so, you know, if anyone's listening and that doesn't appeal to you, but the sensations appeal to you, you don't have to take it to that level. It could just be a part of a different kind of fantasy.
0: Right, right. So, all right, speaking of extreme stuff, tell me about ball busting. Is that considered a part of cock and ball torture? Is it something Different, Like, where does that fall in the whole family of hurting balls?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's totally part of CBT. Um, it would be considered a, a blunt force activity. So other blunt force things would be like kicking, slapping, kneeing. Um, ball busting can be done with uh, different parts of your body. So you can ball bust with um, your fist, with your hands, with your palms, with your elbows. You can also do it with tools. And so I've done ball busting by strapping on um, boxing gloves <laughs> and using testicles Ooh. like those little bags that you do at the gym. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's
0: amazing. That it's so fun. And, and like the rocky music is like This is okay. the only
1: sport I like and like, I don't do other sports, but <laughs> So blunt force And ball busting What folks get out of it I mean there's a lot of fear In it for sure There's a lot of um, Dramatic kind of Attention And uh, Activity around it So it looks also Very threatening Like you you can't Kind of be like You know Eating your spaghetti And then ball busting With the other hand Like it's a very (laughs) involved kind of Kind of activity Um, And I think some of the, the Mistakes people make Around ball busting Is that We try to do it Like it's in porn And so we don't think about things like balance we don't think about like what parts of our hand or our feet are going to be most effective for ball busting so usually the flatter parts of our our body so the the flatter part of your foot is way more effective than like kind of trying to to kick straight on with the bottom of your foot and having your partner either lying down or bracing against something is a, a little bit safer or a safer way of doing ball busting so that they're not moving as you're coming at them.
0: Mm. You know, it's interesting because I did, a few years back, I did a lot of like phone sex work. And it's so funny, you know, it's like I... Anytime I had the opportunity, it's like the sex educator and me would come out. If you know, we, we do our our phone scene or whatever, and if it got conversational, I was always like, "Why are you into this?" So tell <laughs> me about the origins of your fetish. What? Is the, 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 the. Um, and I actually got some really great intel. Great. So I I talked to quite a few people that were into ball busting because I did strictly phone domination. I was like, you know, say this. Blah. and um, a lot of the people that I talked to and it's not necessarily cbt but ball busting specifically i would be like where did this come from well you know when i was in middle school there was this girl that you know we wrestled and i liked her and she'd always kick me in the balls and Mm. i mean there's no one way people get fetishes and fetishes aren't you know always from something in childhood but it was a really weird pattern i was seeing like whoa lots of people wrestled with some chick in middle school that thought it was funny to kick them in the balls and now they've got a ball busting fetish like have you seen this or is it just a weird coincidence surrounding me No, I've heard
1: this too like some yeah. sort of of either childhood injury with someone that they had a crush on or um, this form of like extreme humiliation so maybe they were playing a sport and then they got hit in the balls and it was like everyone was laughing at them and so that intense emotional response response stuck with them in a way that turned into
0: a kink. Ah, I love the human mind. Me it's too. Just, oh, it's so fascinating. And I have to say, if anyone visits Las Vegas, I don't know now with uh, quarantine what's going on, but there used to be at least, maybe there still is, a guy on Fremont Street. And Fremont Street is kind of like, you know, there's like little performance acts and like circus kind of acts where, pe- you know, like, uh, what are they called? Buskers, you know, buskers. And... There's one guy who would be like, pay me X amount of money and I'll let you kick me in the balls as hard as you can. And there were all of these, you know, vanilla tourists like, oh, my God, I get to kick this guy in the balls as hard as I can. <laughs> Here's my 20 bucks. And then he's like, come on, give me what you got. And I'm like, this motherfucker is the most ingenious person because this has got to be his fetish. Yeah. Yeah. And not only, you know, most people have to go either find a partner who's into it, or if they can't find a partner who's into it, they go pay a professional. He's getting people to pay them to get kicked in the balls. But then I get all like, you know, into my, my ethics theory if he's getting off on it, but they don't realize it. Is it ethical or right. is it okay? Like what? And I, I'm my jury is out. Like I'm, I go back and forth on that. What do you think? Like yeah. just out of curiosity. I'm not sure because I
1: wonder if there's something that is maybe eroticized in a way for the people that are doing it, but not not consciously. Like they get to play with this power oh. of of like kicking someone, and maybe yeah, they're not thinking of it as like sexual or erotic, but it's a surge for them in the same way as if they had put it. But yeah,
0: I'm not sure. Jury's out for me, too. Yeah. And maybe he's doing an unintentional service to people who really would revel in, like, Getting, you know, really finding that top space and getting to have that power. Cause it was mostly women who were kicking him in the ball. Interesting. Um, And, and he's doing them a service by letting them experiment with something. Maybe they, they would be like, ooh, BDSM, that's weird. I'd never do that. Right. But there's, then they'd never play with it otherwise. And he's, he's allowing them that that space to play with that so yeah oh I can go back and forth we could we could debate this like I want to bring this to a uh my college philosophy bracket. I was gonna say we need practical. a wider
1: yeah we need a wider audience <laughs> to weigh in on this
0: yeah <laughs> totally totally okay so let's get now that we've talked extreme let's talk about more extreme things what are if we were gonna go to a sex shop and when I say a sex shop I'm probably not talking like you know your cute little sex shop on the corner or um, it's usually sex shops that have some extreme BDSM gear that have like really intense CBT devices. So what are those things? What can we buy?
1: Yeah, there's some delicious stuff out there for, for CBT. And you're right. I think the things that you're going to find in sex shops, um, you can still experiment with them. I mean, using a vibrator against balls might be something you want to try, you know, very tight cock ring, things like that. Flogging, if you've got a riding crop, stuff like that you can already play with. Um, but the beauty of our innovative, kinky, perverted world is that <laughs> we've got things that are designed specifically. Um, so one of the most popular things people talk about is chastity devices. And so, mm. cock cages, um, cock cages come in all different types of materials and for all different types of purposes. And so, if you're going to wear one throughout the day, you do want something that is a little bit more comfortable than a stainless steel or a plastic, like a bicarbonate kind of material. You might want a silicone based cock ring. But if you're looking for something that is you know you're going to feel the weight of it and you're going to be aware of it that's that it's there a stainless steel cock ring would be or a cock cage would be amazing um
0: Wait, wait, okay, so wait, 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 I want to talk about Chastity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I love Chastity, I love being a key holder, I love, like, long-term, you know, I play, like, Chastity games that last, like, a month, two months, you know, oh, it's so fun, and I I have, like, online Chastity management stuff where it, like, locks them in, and I have the combination to the key, like, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, Um, but I have always put chastity and cbt in two completely different buckets like Mm. to me uh i can do cbt with chastity like if i say you know put in your vibrating uh prostate toy and i'm going to like tease an erection out of you so it hurts in your chastity device or i'll say i'll get um a toothbrush electric toothbrush and be like go through the slats of your chassis device and like tickle yourself and torture yourself and get a heart on it's gonna hurt that I can I, I might classify as like okay that's CBT but I generally put chastity if it's just chastity and it's the control and the you know I put that in a different camp so am I like are do they belong to like I'm just like my mind is blown now like, no I, th- I think I think you're right I think like most of, of
1: chastity stuff comes around uh, orgasm denial or like mm-hmm. power and control or um. but I think for some people it's included in CBT because it's a form of also constriction and mm. and so it feels like oh like I'm not allowed to touch this or if I have an erection it's gonna hurt and right. so lots of people like to play with chastity cages and then do things that their partner does like and and get them to have an erection and then they can't and right. um i've also had folks that are really interested in playing with um chastity cages because the balls are still exposed and so being able to have the penis um especially if you're like using uh body humiliation and so right. i don't want to play with your useless dick i'm here to just beat up your balls you know apologize for patriarchy while i do it. and yes! Yes! <laughs> So they can be a great way to even just add an aesthetic like I've put your dick in a cage and now I'm gonna do whatever I want to you or to it yes. um and so yeah so I think it, it can it's it's a great thing to be able to use as um, as an accessory so if you are into into gear or that maybe your penis only comes out when it's time for me to hurt it and so otherwise yes. you just keep it in that little cage and be a good person you know yeah
0: and and speaking of yeah I have done that like I will i i love getting the pack of wooden clothespins like the larger ones from the dollar store usually there's like at least 50 of those things in there like there's a lot maybe 40 and i want to package and i will say i will either do this to boobs or like ball sticks whatever um turning it turn it into a blooming onion from outback steakhouse (laughs) where it's just like so many clothespins all together like there's not one space of skin left everything is clothespin and then like hit them off like just hit until they they pop off so yeah you're right I think I think it all depends probably on it's not like a CBT device or a a chassis device by default is or isn't a CBT device it's all in your intention and how you're using it
1: yeah yeah Yeah. I think that's and that sounds like art by the way I would love to see (laughs) photos of this
0: (laughs) So much fun, so much fun. But
1: there are, you're right, there are stuff that are are designed specifically for for CBT. So one of my favorite things is the humbler. And so the humbler is is basically a piece of wood that's designed to restrict movement. So it keeps the CBT sub on uh, their hands and knees. And so it sort of attaches, it's it's kind of a little bit hard to describe, but it it attaches around their thighs and to their testicles. And so if they were to try and stand up, their thighs would be pulling on the part that is attached that's attached to their testicles so they're kind of forced to stay on their their hands and knees
0: Oh, I love it. Me I, too. You should see the smile on my face. Right? I, can feel I really it. am a sadist at heart. <laughs> I can feel the glee. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. And I will try to find, um, for those listening along, I will try to find a link to the humbler. Um, and I'll put it in the show notes for this episode, americansexpodcast.com. So if you can't visualize what that is, you can click on the link. And also, like, I have, um, a 15% discount to the stock room that's like good all the time. I'll also put that in the show notes because they have a
1: ton
0: of great CBD implements and equipment. So Ooh. just throwing that out there.
1: Yes, yes. They've got some great, um, also ball crushers. And yes. so ball crushers are usually kind of a, a device that's either metal or clear plastic. And then it's got tension screws around them. So you put the testicles in between these two pieces of like these two kind of squares and you get to increase the pressure on the balls. What What's great about them is that the tension is evenly distrib- distributed. So you're having a, a lowered risk of 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 rupture versus, like, if you were using a homemade ball crusher, like, you know, concrete blocks or, like, heavy books or something, you can't really control the distribution of pressure. And so it's a little bit more
0: dangerous. Ooh. I know you've heard me spout off some random trivia just like I was Cliff Clavin. Wait, you know who Cliff Clavin is, right? Okay, I'll give you a hint. He was on a TV show. Name this TV show. It was set in Boston in a bar and it ran from 1982 to 1993 on NBC. It is the bar where Everybody knows your name. I know you're like, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. And it sounds like you're a trivia geek just like me, which means you need to play Trivia Star. Trivia Star is a free mobile quiz game that's entertaining and it is challenging. You can choose from categories like music, sports, TV, animals, celebrities. There's over 60 categories to choose from. And if you get the right answer from the multiple choices and you beat the clock too, then that's how you move on to the next level. Level. And the questions get harder and harder and harder as you go on. But if you get stuck, don't worry, you can use coins and gems to get a hint and beat that level. And Trivia Star also has over 2,000 five-star reviews in the Apple Store. So join them today and see if your inner Cliff Clavin is smart enough to beat it. And right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. All you gotta do is go to the Apple or the Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Again, search Trivia Star and enjoy those 2,500 coins and 500 gems. Cheers! And that's the answer, by the way. Cliff Clavin was a character on Cheers. But you knew that already, didn't you? Go download Trivia Star for free today. I believe in reading labels, and I do it with everything, from the food I buy to the beauty products I use, even my deodorant from Native. Native has ingredients you've heard of, like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. Did you know aluminum forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating? Yeah, and that's why Native never uses ingredients like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talc. Switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection either. Native keeps me and Ken smelling fresh all day long. And with over 10 cents, Native has something for everyone. My favorite is the coconut and vanilla, and Ken, he's a eucalyptus and mint kind of guy. Native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping in the U.S., plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. So see why so many people love Native and check out their over 14,000 five-star reviews. Do what I did. Go ahead and make the switch to Native today by going to Native deo.com slash Sunny, S-U-N-N-Y or use the promo code Sunny at checkout and you're going to get 20% off your first order. That's Native D-E-O dot com slash Sunny or use the code Sunny at checkout and get that 20% off your very first order. Love it. I love it. What about like piercy things. I've heard stories. I don't, was I there for this? I don't think I was actually there physically watching this, but like... People who do really extreme stuff, like people who are in a needle play, like you can put needles in the scrotum, and yes. the, the penis, whatever. Um, I think the most extreme I've heard is someone taking a nail and pulling the scrotal sack, not the testicles, but yes. the scrotal sack, and nailing the scrotum to a wooden board. Yes, yes. I've seen those photos on FetLife.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: as I'm scrolling by, <laughs> <and>
1: <laughs> I um I had someone come to one of my classes that had you know and it was an intro to CBT but they came and they had done like saline inflation of glow in the dark fluids in the testicles <laughs> and wow. then and I was like yeah cool so you can do piercing from things like nails or needles and the most important thing if you're breaking any kind of skin is that you want to make sure that you've got proper um, hygiene and sanitation as well as first aid available and so yeah. you you do need to have like you said like a really good sense of the the anatomy and what parts of the uh, penis and balls are okay to pierce without causing permanent damage.
0: Mm -hmm. And I've, I've tended to notice, and I, I'm just throwing out a caveat there for anyone listening along. If you're going to do any of that extreme stuff, Please take some classes, yeah. get some instruction. I have just noticed anecdotally in my, you know, personal play scene that I've been around. A lot of the folks that I know that do extreme play like that or break skin or do blood play or anything like that are either very well trained and seasoned pro doms or the people that I know that do it just for recreational play. A lot of them are in the medical field in their day jobs so they have a lot of that know-how like this is for those listening this is not something where you're like let me go to the garage and get a board and a nail and a hammer (laughs) like give me those (laughs) balls don't do that, please. Yes, please don't do yes. that. Yes.
1: And if you're interested in like pinchy or piercy kind of sensations, I mean, you've got nails on your, you know, your fingernails, you've got your teeth, you've got, you know, the Wartenberg pinwheel, you've got things that you can even explore. Okay, well, maybe I can take this to the point of you feeling a similar sensation, although other people are into breaking skin, um, because of the specific tools that are being used. So the idea of having your uh, scrotal skin, like, nailed to a board is the fantasy
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so okay let's uh, since we're going there we're going extreme um i have never witnessed this in my life i have seen the pictures and these are the pictures i've scrolled right by and been like whoa that maybe is even too much for me but there are people that have like castration fetish and like i mean that's i'm i am not advocating that as that a whole nother subject however um are there people who have because I know there are a lot of people that have extreme fetishes, and they're like, I'm not really gonna do this. But I want to get as close as I can to emulating this. So I can have like the mental fantasy playing along, imagining that this is happening while I'm really doing something that's a little bit less extreme in real life. Um, So how common are people that have fantasies that far? And are there things that they can do to sort of Emulate that extreme play without actually doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think all of us have the capacity to like take our fantasy super deep. And mm-hmm. and especially if you're someone who's been masturbating and, and enjoying this fantasy in your erotic imagination for years, sometimes there's a ten- tendency for it to kind of dull itself. And so you might want to go even more extreme to things like castration starts to turn you on. Um, and I had a partner once that um, loved the idea of his dick getting cut off. And so obviously, I'm not going to cut his dick off. And so <laughs> um, I would use threats. Um, and so I'd be giving a blowjob. And I'd be like, well, what if my teeth just sank all the way through your shaft right now? Like, what would that feel like? Um, And we also played with a cold butter knife. So I would put it in the freezer and then bring it out and uh, use it on his shaft and balls in the head of his penis because a cold butter knife feels like it's going through your skin, but it doesn't actually have the potential to break your skin.
0: I love it. I love that you have an answer for the most like weird <laughs> examples. You're like, "Oh, this one time." Yeah. Like you just you know it all. Don't you tell my mom. <laughs> talk weights, because there are are people that like to hang weights off of their testicles. And there was actually I went to my CBT video on YouTube that I haven't reviewed the comments of that in like a couple of years. So I like went through the comments. And there was a great question. And it's in it's in your system of measurement up there in Canada. Awesome. How many kilos (laughs) is safe? Is the safe weight limit to hang on your balls? In your opinion, yeah, so wh- how oh, how much is too much weight, and when can we really start doing damage?
1: yeah, so with um with weights, you want to make sure that it's no more than about two kilos, so like five pounds that that's okay. about like what balls can safely be. Uh, weighted with and actually I mean it's it it's also about weight distribution so there are toy CBT toys that are uh, called ball stretchers and or parachutes and so right. what they do is that they've got all these little weights that are on them and you can increase the weights after you've got the parachute in place over the 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 penis and testicles and they're usually made of like leather or steel and and you've got this little collar basically around the scrotum that you hang the weights off of and that's way better than trying to experiment with, I had a comment on one of my videos where someone was tethering their testicles and then pulling like tethering it to like a doorknob or a chair or something and then pulling themselves to try and experience what that weight would feel like. The danger Uh there is if you trip and fall, your balls are going to rip off or you're Uh going to torque them. So we want to make sure that we're not, we're never tethering balls to anything.
0: I just had that like a vision of, remember when you were a little kid, you were losing teeth. And in the movies, they always like tied the string and slammed the door now. But anytime you try to actually do that in real life, it never really worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm picturing someone slamming the door and their dick and balls just going flying. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're going to be earrings for someone.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. And you know, someone listening along is like, I'm going to fucking role play that for my next scene. That sounds hot. Totally, totally. You're welcome, (laughs) listener. You're welcome. So some of these things are really extreme. And I'm, even though I don't have a dick and balls, I'm imagining that for some of these things, there might be some residual pain. There may be some marks, some blood blisters, some regular bruises, whatever. So what can you do as someone who has the cock and balls to tend to pain, marks, any residual leftover feeling that you may or may not want?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I think a dull ache is is pretty normal for even the day of or a couple of days after. If it lasts beyond that, then that might be something a little bit more serious or you caused more injury or pain than you wanted to. Um, you can use things like if there are abrasions to the shaft, you can definitely tend to those in the same way that you would tend to an abrasion on another part of your body. So with um, any type of ointment or some people also like to use a cold compress to try and, and you know, reduce the swelling that may have been uh, inspired by whatever you were doing. Um, and then the other thing, too, is I, I've had folks ask me, you know, well, can I take uh, a painkiller during this, this scene so that I can endure more? And I highly don't recommend any desensitizers or painkillers. Like pain is our body's way of, of telling us when we've either hit a limit or it's too much. And often if you're in a position of submission, you might want to Take it more when you're in that headspace and, and feel like, well, I want to take as much as I can for my dominant. And so it's also up to the tops or the givers or the doms to be checking in and, and have an an intuition and a, a sense of safety around, well, is this too much? Or like, do I need to get them a little bit out of this vibrating, erotic, super turned on state to actually check in with a little bit lower level of excitement?
0: Mm, yeah, that's that's a great point. And speaking of givers, what else should givers, doers, tops, dominance, whatever you consider yourself, masochists or sadists, <laughs> not masochists, uh, do or consider or know when they are giving this type of play?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, definitely knowing how your your submissive responds. And and so that might be asking them beforehand, like, are you are you a crier? Are you a whimper? Are do you kind of scrunch up your face? Are you gonna yelp? Um, and establishing norms around what is okay responses and what is sort of expressions of that this is a good time, versus like, oh my God, like this is too far. Um, having nonverbal cues, I think is really important for safe systems that you're using with things like CBT. And so mm. nonverbal might be you give them a squeaky toy. Maybe you give them something else because if they can't communicate with their safe word or their safe system, that's, that's, that's a problem for you. And I think as a top, if you don't have enough information to keep going, air on the side of slow it down, stop, and figure out like where take the temperature of where their pain is at. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing is encouraging them to breathe, a lot of people stop breathing and hold their bodies really tight, when they're about to experience an extreme sensation. And so you know, saying like, Oh, like, you're not breathing for me, you little slut, like I can't, I can't continue like breathe for me. And so working it into the role play. So doming them through breathing is, is one way to make sure that they're, they're continuing to do that. And discussing pain management beforehand is also really helpful. So a submissive might like to visualize their pain as a, a particular color, or they want to visualize it in their specific role play. And so the dominant can then help them and remind them that they have those anchors to help manage their own pain and also communicate. Um, I think as DOM sometimes we forget to check in more regularly and, and take that information as as information but also balance it with what we are comfortable with. And so Mm -hmm. I definitely don't want to leave a scene where I have injured someone. So I would rather have not taken them to their maximum potential that that one time, than you know, potentially have hurt them and never have another opportunity to play.
0: Right, right. And I just want to jump in with a a caveat for the American fuckers listening along. If you are someone who is not as well versed in BDSM, we are just making the assumption here, um, that you've done your, you know, before play negotiation, that you've negotiated after carry. Like we didn't cover that in this conversation. We're just assuming that that's a given. And if that's not something that you are familiar with, I highly encourage you, like we have uh, a couple of podcast episodes that talk about bdsm more than a 101 sense to give you a broader view or also youtube videos so i highly encourage you to review that as well if this is new to you um so one thing i want to bring up which is one of my favorite things i don't know if you are much of an electric play person oh my god i love it oh you do oh my <laughs> god this is why i like you um, <laughs> So, what kinds of things can we do if we are into electric play, whether it's a violet or a neon wand or even a tens unit? Can those be used on balls? I I know what the answer is, but can they? Can they? I have no idea. Can they? Yes. I'm quite shocked.
1: (laughs) Shocked. That's a great pun. I love puns. Yeah, you can totally use them on balls. You can actually use them on, on the shaft of the penis as well. And like keeping in mind that like, sometimes we're using these tools and folks are not showing the same types of arousal. So you may not have an erection while this is happening and, and that's okay. And some people do respond with an erection to this type of pain too. Um, also putting a, the tens unit on like right over the urethral opening feels mm-hmm. like really, uh, wonderful for some people because that's such a, a vulnerable spot that also just doesn't get a lot of attention um and even using the tens unit in the surrounding area so so, sort of that crevice that i call the sweat catcher so that place between your thigh and your groin um and and using all that area to warm up and doing type of a blended play so if you're doing things with the the um any type of, of a electro tool and uh, maybe you're mixing it up with blunt force or you're mixing it up with something a little bit sharper. So that kind of helps ride the sensation that the electricity has created in the area.
0: Ooh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. One last question. And I guess this is like, it does this fall in the CBD camp? CB- I keep saying CBD. It's totally <laughs> different. Totally different. Um, does this fall in the CBT camp? Of course, I'm talking about cognitive behavioral therapy. No. Um, urethral sounding is that considered cock and ball, or will cock torture, or n- no? Is it more of a pleasure activity?
1: Um, so for for some people, it I think it kind of falls along the same lines as the the chastity cage, but even though it's more of a a sensation. So even if you mention urethral sounds to some people, they're gonna grip their groin and yeah. and kind of be like, no no no, like that sounds horrible. And I kind of feel the same way on my body for for urethral sounds. Yeah. Um, so for me, it would be a, a torment or a torture item. And so if um, some people like the the intense sensation of it too, because it, it's an opportunity to feel. Pain penetrated in a very, you know, precious area. So again, we're Mm -hmm. perverting the preciousness of penises and, and uh, balls. And um, using that also to um, either control someone's, Uh, movements or restrict them because you can't really like move around while while you've got this inside of you. So it can be combined with things. For some people, it's an extreme form of CBT. Mm -hmm. And so having something in your urethra, it it becomes a, a very extraordinary experience for
0: them. Ooh! And for those listening along who aren't familiar with urethral sounding, first, it's when you penetrate the urethra with a special instrument called a urethral sound. Um, We have a whole episode on it. I will put it in the show notes uh, for this episode. Uh, The episode was with John C. Luna. And again, it's one of those activities where you need to know what you're doing because it could be dangerous if you don't. One thing I want to tell you about that I love, I haven't used as much as I wanted to. Uh, Mystem, who makes a bunch of great tens unit stuff, that they're my preferred brand of of tens unit, makes uh, it's like a cross between, s- not really even really a cock cage, I guess, kind of, and it has a little urethral sound that's maybe not even an inch. It just goes in a little tiny bit, but it connects to the tens unit, Ooh. so it electrifies. Oh my god! And oh my, I think it's called the plunging peat. if i'm not mistaken i might be wrong but (gasps) i'm taking notes holy motherfucking shit i'm just gonna say that so that's fun okay so what some last words last words of cb cbt why do i keep saying cbt i know what you're doing this afternoon (laughs) right right um what didn't we talk about what should we know what are some final words on like you know these listeners are like i think i want to go try that what what do you need to tell them that you didn't say
1: yeah i think i think if your partner is reluctant i think if if this is your fantasy and you're asking your partner can you beat up my dick and they're like but i don't want to hurt you um it's it's really more useful to start the conversation by telling the story of your fantasy. So instead of saying, hey, can you like electrocute my penis? You might say, you know, I kind of I want to feel a little bit more helpless in the bedroom or I want to feel kind of like you have all control over my genitals or I want to feel like I'm afraid of what you're going to do to me. And so even using the the fantasy as an expansion, um, your partner then can connect to parts of it that are maybe more appealing to them than And the actual activity. And so that Mm. can help build their confidence. It can help build their creativity. I find it really intimidating when someone's just like, do this thing to me. And I'm like, well, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm cruel. I don't think I'm mean. And, but in an erotic situation, connecting with a pairing emotion, like if they want to feel helpless, sure, I can be cruel. But on its own, sometimes it it feels too intimidating. And Mm. if you have, if you're shy about your fantasy too, and you feel like someone might judge you or think that you're messed up, It's also helpful for your own kind of um, exploration and building your confidence to be able to tell a bigger story about the vibe about the flavor about the, you know, kind of mood that you want to create. And then the CBT tools are sensations, but they also become vessels for that mood. And so the humbler becomes like a vessel for connection to your dominant or the ball stretcher becomes a vessel for feeling adored or nurtured or
0: attended to by your dominant. Oh, I love it. I love your brain. I totally love your brain. um, and 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 also, you know, what you were saying when you first did CBT. The person was like, Here, let me show you. Like I find for me, yeah. and especially for this kind of activity, because I was, as someone who doesn't have balls, I was kind of scared of the balls. Like I'm like, I don't know what they I don't know. Um, so they were like, Here, let me show you what I do to myself. Okay, now I'll let you do it. Okay, now you can do it a little harder. And we we had, you know, just like an experimental session that wasn't meant to be sexy. It was more of like a hands on learning session where they showed me what they liked. And that did so much because that that's what was scary for me. It wasn't the I want to be cruel. want Like I got that on lock. I'm good. I will <laughs> fuck your shit up. But if I don't know how your body responds, and I, you know, this, it's completely new to me, that's what I have to get over. So mm. uh, for me, that was everything. That was everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. A little show and tell. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Totally. Totally. Okay. Uh, This has been fucking amazing. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun oh I love talking to you where can people find more because I know you've got you got a lot of stuff going on like especially on the internet now that we're all trapped in our houses <laughs> I know. So, I basically- tell us where we can find you and all the
1: cool stuff that you've got going on yes we are all living on the internet right now <laughs> me and <laughs> I just see my orchids every day and that's it and so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Um. also at lunamatadas all over uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and I'm teaching a bunch of um i well there's lots of my online classes that are still available and so if you're interested in digging into skills that stuff is all up there too. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Yay. I'm I'm yeah, go go take lots of classes cuz I listeners, that you are doing classes what like every week. I'm just seeing yeah. a new thing all the damn time. So go take some of those classes. And I love the internet now because not only is it easy to get to, it's not like you got to leave your house, not like you got to pay for parking and it's not like you got to do any of that stuff. Um, There's no like oh the venue only holds 20 people and now yeah. it's sold out like the internet is
1: infinite yes yes <laughs> and you don't have to worry that someone another pervert
0: is going to see your perverted self there and you know like, exactly <laughs> so hop on that shit uh, thank you so much this has been amazing I want to go uh, what is I want to beat up my cervix pull on my labia and torture some balls so uh, <laughs> until next time everyone <laughs> bye thanks for listening to American Sex to keep